This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Forget the frustration of picking commerce platforms when you switch your business to Shopify, the global commerce platform that supercharges your selling wherever you sell. With Shopify, you'll harness the same intuitive features, trusted apps, and powerful analytics used by the world's leading brands. Sign up today for your $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash tech, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash tech. Welcome to Agency for Agents, a podcast for real estate team leaders and independent brokerage owners looking to maximize profits, effectiveness, and gain freedom for their team and business. Your hosts, Christine Andreasen and Aaron Hendon, have been running one of the most successful real estate teams in the Seattle area for more than eight years. They know building a winning team means finding ways to empower, nurture, train, and develop individual agents to discover their own power, their own agency. On the podcast, Christine and Aaron interview thought leaders in real estate and personal growth to help you impact both your performance and your teams. We know it takes a lot, and leaders and brokers that crack that code reap the rewards of success greater than any they could ever achieve on their own. Tell us about you just just what you said right there. I'm like, what about podcast are you doing? Tell me about yeah. it. <laughs> well, number one, I'm 29. Well, 29 now. That makes me feel old. Um, Wait, did you oh. just say that to us? Yeah. Yeah. Trust me, when we get into it, you're going to be like, I'm sorry. This is over. We're out. We're done. (laughs) I'm twice as old as you, my friend. Yeah. So I was actually born and raised right outside of Charlotte, North Carolina, which is in a little town now known as Kannapolis, which is actually coming on the map. The only thing that we are famous for are Cannon Mills and Dale Earnhardt. Wait, wait, wait. I actually... Yeah, Cannon Mills and Dale Earnhardt. That's the only two things we're famous for. Dale Earnhardt? Dale Earnhardt. Dale Earnhardt. Oh, yeah. <laughs> All right, fair enough. Yeah, All I was right. say, my, my accent gets real thick sometimes, too. Okay, <laughs> well, we're going to slow you down. Because <laughs> we want to hear. Yeah, but it's it's a real small town, probably about five, 6,000 people when I grew up there. And then now it's wow. actually coming on the map. And it's probably, I don't know, I left 20,000, 30,000 now. I mean, it's same same situation that we're having down here in Wilmington, which is everybody from up north moving down here. Wow. Everybody from California is moving down here, and it's, it's the migrations have changed. But so I grew up a uh, single mother until I was two. And then after that, it's been a long day. My stepdad came in the picture. And from the time of eight till about, let's see, my senior year in high school, he was a real estate developer, entrepreneur, owned a video store at that. I mean, that was way back in the day. I haven't seen one of those in 20, 30 years. Yeah. Um, you haven't been around just, 30 years, my friend. Yeah. <laughs> I just watched him um, grow it from nothing. Mm-hmm. And then obviously 2008 came, 2009. Um, that was when we moved down to Wilmington because everything in Wilmington was still blowing, like blowing up. You know, the the market crash hadn't really affected down here. It's there. And we're still, it, it looks like it's nothing. You know, we're just now becoming a modern city in the South, if that makes sense. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then last year, we ended up being the number one move to destination wow. in the country. Is that right? Yeah. Um, United Van Lines actually did a survey, and we were the number one moving in destination. And it's mainly because everybody from Northeast wants to move down here. I mean, you got a $800,000 condo. It's one bedroom, one bath in Manhattan, and you can buy a 8,000-square-foot mansion here. That's right. Yeah. It's, it's crazy. Um, 
but growing up around him fixing and flipping houses and being a real estate developer, I was like nine years old holding a paint can in the <laughs> hallway of a old rental house. I realized manual labor, not for me. I'm, I'm good. 11 years old hauling shingles up on the roof was just too much for me. So when I was 16, I joined the fire department and I left the fire department and we moved from Wilmington back to Charlotte. And I started working as a EMT for Cabarrus County EMS. Mm-hmm. Went from that to actually, let's see, I started out as a regular EMT on the back of the bus. And then 2013, 2014 came, which to everybody in the normal streets is not really a big deal. Um, but 2013, 2014, 2015 were the worst in U.S. history for deaths by heroin. Deaths by so heroin? We, So we had a crisis that ended up starting out with a lot of these labs and places down in South America, Russia, China were getting illegal drugs over here that were actually cut with fentanyl, which is now everybody knows that name household term. I mean, we've been using fentanyl in medicine for 100 years, but, you know, it's it's 100 times more stronger than morphine. Well, so after fentanyl comes car fentanyl, 100,000 times more stronger. And then car fentanyl. Oh, I don't even know what that one is, but okay. Yeah. It's, so basically, a fentanyl, which is used for humans, car fentanyl is used for animals, elephants, horses, kind of thing. Well, Got it. Yeah. And so that basically set me into motion to work as a counter-narcotics EMP. Um, I worked with our tactical teams and then on a counter-narcotics task force. And that, that's my last five years on the truck. I was on call 24 hours a day, seven days a week. It was... Basically, what drove my work ethic into overdrive, um, I did a lot of really rewarding stuff in the community. I did a lot of hard stuff in the community. By the time that I left, it was not, I'm leaving because I've just had enough. It's, I'm leaving because I need a break. Like, um, and that was understandable. They thought, they were like, oh, yeah, you're going to come back in two years. <laughs> like, I'm good. I had my fun. Um, so then I came down here in Wilmington, and I started working for now my future mother-in-law. <laughs> as a flight operator so basically what that is is all the medical helicopters that you see going from hospital to hospital i dispatch track and deal with them all their radio communications all mm. like that um i still do that today i still i was just there last night for 12 hours <laughs> wow yeah and um so sitting down one night at about 3 30 in the morning i'm going through my bills and realizing i'm living paycheck to paycheck for absolutely no reason and it's ridiculous and I need to get control of it. Um, that was two and a half years ago. So I was like, all right, I'm going to get my real estate license. My mother's always said, you know, you'd be great at real estate. You're great at talking to people. You're great at everything. Why not? Look at the market. I At this time, I understand the basics of the market. Like, yeah, this is what it is. All right, this is probably going to pick up here. And then COVID is. <laughs> so I actually got licensed the day that North Carolina went into the lockdowns. Oh, wow. Yeah, uh, March 17th. And so during the entire time of the lockdown, we got classified as essential, I think like two weeks into it. There was like a two-week halt on closing. So it wasn't a big deal here. Everybody's like, oh, well, you know, the Southeast didn't really do much during COVID. Well, North Carolina did. We shut everything down. It was mm-hmm. a screeching halt. And we didn't open back up. Well, I wouldn't say fully, but we didn't lift our mask mandates till like three weeks ago. Like it was, it was great. but. So I went from there and I work with a nurse that used to be a realtor way back in the day. And now I mean like 1975 when she's old. <laughs> so 
she was like, yeah, I'll, I'll come work with you. And so we started the legacy group and that was, we ended up wanting to start as a small team and everything like that. And then I'm like, well, I can actually grow this. And that's what we're doing now is we're actually trying to grow out of that team into a boutique brokerage and slash social media company. So how many people are on your team right now? Is it just you and your partner? Or? Me and my partner. And then I have a CEO of my media company, which yeah. our media company is also our market. Your media company is also what? Our marketing company, like our marketing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Great. And how many transactions are you doing a year now? Um, about sixty. Yeah, we're on track for this year. Yeah, yeah. Good for you. And you want to you want to maybe take it into a boutique brokerage? Yeah, 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 absolutely. We've we've looked at that and we're like, you know, number one, obviously we're a Century Twenty One franchise. You know, we work we work under Century Twenty One Sawyer and Associates, so we're we're a franchised operation. And I know that y'all are with EXP, if I remember correctly. That's correct. Yes. So, yeah. I, I, don't get me wrong. I love EXP. I'm, I'm well, a we were with opponent. Keller Williams for 10 years. Okay. Yeah. So, I mean, you know, like it's yeah, being you able to franchise brokerage is, it's great to start off a team because you get so much for a decent amount. And then well, there comes a time when so Tell me what you get as a franchise E with yeah. Century 21. So they actually offer us like we have we would not need our own marketing division. We have a marketing division in house. We have all of our software, so Vortex, Cold Realtor, everything for cold calls and stuff like that. I'm not a big proponent for cold calls. That's not my main source of lead generation. I'm young. I do social media. That's that's where everything. But, you, but they have systems in place. You get to just have yeah right yeah. We have we have really good systems. And then we also have like the business coaching. When I first came into real estate, had no, like I I bought a house. So I knew how the house buying process worked, but I didn't know that, you know, you absolutely need to have the North Carolina 2T sign. You need to have page 15 is not signed. Somebody's coming down the hallway, ready to drag you through an office. So, I mean, it's. Yeah. Somebody having me back all the time is nice. Yeah. And it it was great for understanding that and understanding the real numbers of it. I I was not a math kid. I was not a school kid. I was the kid that everybody was like, you were going absolutely nowhere, but down the street to cook hogs or down the street to wash the windows. I had a 2.7 GPA in high school and a 13 in math. (laughs) Wow. Um, And Alex, when you, you know, you got your license last year, so did you buy a franchise or did you hang your license? How does Century 21 work? Yeah. So we, we hang our license there. Okay. Um, you can, I mean, you can go through and buy the buy a franchise, obviously, with the same amount. So in North Carolina, we are actually one of the strictest states to get your real estate license in. And in order just to be a broker in charge and everything like that, you have to have a minimum of a year, I believe it is, of full-time brokerage experience, which we surpassed mm-hmm. that because their definition of full-time is you have to do at least 10 trains. You have to on do average, a year you have to do ten transactions on average, and this is one of the most stringent. I'm sorry, I just yeah, it freaks me out the lack of rigor. I think you know we deserve to be replaced, realtors, because yeah, as an industry, it's just a joke. That's the most rigorous. Ten yeah. deals a broker in charge. That's insanity. Yeah, I agree. And it's <laughs> well, and our our brokerage and our broker in charge in North Carolina are not. They're more just in charge of, hey, making sure your signs are right. So that's really it. Oh, I, I, I'm with you 100%. Yeah, like make sure your signs are right and make sure that your paperwork's done. Yeah. And please, dear God, go to your con. And if you don't pay your $50, they will revoke your license. Yes. So that's the four things that I've had for my, like I have not, spo- I wouldn't say I haven't spoken to them, but I haven't like had an engaging conversation with my broker in charge. 
Right. So you're like, talking, you're not talking about buying a, a Century 21 franchise. You're talking about a small boutique franchise opening up. Yeah, your own. I want, I want to build my own. I want, why, I want to actually why, turn why it into you, a franchisable. Business. You want to go big then you want to, yeah. you want to be the next Gary Keller. Oh, absolutely. Huh. Absolutely. Interesting. All right. Fabulous. Well, there you go, my yeah. friend. I mean, that's, we love, that's why we went to EXP is because we have stocks, we have passive income, yeah. we have a piece of the pie, but we don't have any of the liability. So right. I get it though. I love, I love the idea of not being under somebody's thumb. Yeah. Well, I mean, you can also, and you can build, I can technically, if I wanted to get two offices and take my company public. And I mean, if I, if my revenue justifies my stock price. <laughs> yeah. 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 Good for you. Yeah. And then tell me about this entrepreneurial podcast. That was the, uh, yeah. So the legacy talk is actually, it's kind of just like this. It'll be a video based podcast. We are interviewing, we're trying to get some actual big names. I don't know if y'all are familiar with the a big one right now is Tom Cruise, not the actor. <laughs> um, yeah. I think everybody knows yeah. him. <laughs> yeah. Um, so Tom Cruise is a, everybody calls him a slumlord and he, he gets so much hate online, but he's a section eight arbitrage guy. He has about 400 properties here in Wilmington. He's 33 years old. He started out wholesale and real estate. He's, he's a really good guy, but everybody is giving him so much flack right now because he's, he's renting out section eight properties in Wilmington for like $1,500 a month. Mm. And they're like, well, it's Wilmington housing authority that sets the price. <laughs> like, but he, he's became this, like over the past year, this big guy on social media. Come to find out he's right down the street from me. So we're we're starting with him. Um, we would eventually like to grow it into talking to people like Grant Cardone and you know some of these bigger names out there in real estate and entrepreneurship and investing. But the main you focus of it, pod, you haven't launched the podcast yet. No, no, we don't. We don't really plan on launching for probably about another year. We want to at least get our episodes done, a couple of our episodes done, a couple of our guests filmed, and it's all a part about you know understanding the algorithms of social media and understanding Are you social media now. Oh yeah, um, we are huge into social media. And what's your favorite? What's your favorite venue? I'm an Instagram guy because it's easy. Yeah. <laughs> Instagram's easy. I mean, if I'm looking for something that's not necessarily mindless, but because TikTok actually, there, there's a lot of value on TikTok. And what do you say? Yeah. Well, if you go and look at some of your bigger names in social media, like uh, Kong, who's a real estate wholesaler, uh, Grant Cardone, there's a couple guys over in Europe. Some of, some of those big guys, they're getting kind of loud on social media. They're taking all their value add content and turning it into 30 second snippets that the youth today is only going to pay attention. The days of me sitting there before the, this is a prime example. I'm a huge workout guy. So that was, that was my therapy coming out of EMS and trying to come back to the real world a little bit. When I first started lifting and everything like that, it was, I'd sit outside the gym for 20, 30 minutes, get motivated and watch a 20, 30 minute vlog video from Steve Cook, who's a big guy in the workout space or... <laughs> probably another five, 10 minute of something from Optimum Nutrition or bodybuilding.com. And those, those days are gone of the five to 10 minute, like social media videos explaining how to add value. You need to add value to people's lives in 20 seconds now. And yeah. it's that simple. Like TikTok is, is going to change the game on how you can actually put value add content out there. Um, another big, so these kids, they're oh, dollar sign empire. I'll actually, I'll, I'll give them a shout out about this because what, what they're doing is the craziest thing on the face of this earth, but it's working. They drive around Naples, Florida, and they ask people, are they a founder or are they an investor? If they happen to meet a founder, okay, they start asking questions. How did you find found your company? Did you take risks? Are you a risk averse person? Do you believe college is necessary? They do these 
30 second interviews on the side of the street in Naples, Florida, while they're blocking traffic in their Kia. It's called, it's called, they're called Dollar Shine. Dollar Sign Empire. Dollar Sign. Oh, that's cool. Yeah. Oh. Yeah. I mean, it's 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 just really interesting. And they, they're doing it to show that anybody anywhere can make any money. They got invi- invited to um, a bunch of venture capitalist firms because the whole reason they're doing it is they want to start a media company in Naples, Florida. Mm-hmm. So there's like, well, contacts equal contracts. It's, that's a big thing that Grant Cardone says. So I'm going to go talk to as many people as humanly possible and maybe someone will listen to me. And sure enough, They've got invited some pretty big firms down there in Florida and they're, they're just, they've been around for about three months and they've built, I believe the, the actual CEO of it mm-hmm. has 15,000, 20,000 followers on TikTok within like two or three days. Yeah. And then Daniel Max, another big one of, he just walks up to people and says, Hey man, how'd you get this car? And it's a $480,000 car. And they just offer a small 20 second piece of advice. That's fun. Yeah. So you do social, you're starting a social media club or you've got one working for you. You right. do TikTok, you do Instagram, are you on Facebook and all the normal? Yeah, all, all the normal, all the more normal social media outlets. So we have a big retiree community down here. I, I don't see a lot of them hopping on TikTok and doing the 30 second dance challenge. Okay, hold on, Alex. <laughs> if you say you have to be old to be on Facebook, we're going to have to disconnect you. <laughs> Oh, no. No, I know a lot of young people doing stuff almost. on Facebook, too. Oh, almost twice your age. Not, <laughs> not quite, but almost. Aaron, oh, yeah, a lot of people. I'm literally twice your age. So <laughs> That's funny. That's okay, but so you do Facebook as well. Do you mix your personal Facebook or do you keep it business? No, you no, have a no, personal no, no, no. That, that's and that's a big no-no for me personally because, and I'm I'm not a big political guy. I'm the most, probably one of the most socially liberal people you'll ever meet on the face of the earth. But financially, I'm 100% conservative. My personal favorite thing out there right now is all the conspiracy theories and everything that's going around. I love it. My my stepsister, I love her to death, is a big believer in them. And I'm like, and she'll start putting stuff on social media. I'm like, don't, don't do that. It's career suicide. So that started going on. And then they're like, okay, well, oh, this is interesting. Maybe Alex will read it because it happens to be about finances or you know the real estate market they get strewed into these theories a little bit and i'm like ah, so no. you you have a personal facebook and you just yep. keep it see i'm the opposite i'm like i have one life yep. i'm fully yep. transparent but i'm very yep. careful about what i post i don't post yeah, and that, that's stuff. the big thing see yeah. the thing is is you can be 100 percent careful about what you post but you cannot be 100 percent careful about what anyone else posts. on my page right i sure I can mean, you i can just be- say that they can't tag me Right. You can go through and edit all your privacy settings, but yeah. I, I just know people that have found a way to get around it sometimes because I'm, I'm the same. Like e- Even on my personal Facebook, it's 100% separate. It's, you can't tag me in anything. Isn't that great? I, it's yeah. really, I mean, it's great because it's so it's completely the opposite of how I do it. And, and I love hearing about how other people do it. You know, I, yeah. my whole thing is, look, last summer. I'm still, I am who I am. Yeah, I am yeah. who I am. But, you know, I, got, I was vocal in the Black Lives Matter movement. You don't want to do business with me because that's a thing for you. That's no problem. Don't do business with me. I got no problem with it. So, you know, it's, it really is. It's such a great, such a great thing you're saying, Alex, because it's a personal preference. You get to say how you want to run your life. You want to do it with business, business. social and your personal separate. Great. You can do that and be successful and do 60 deals a year. You can combine them. You know, it just depends on that. 
great. Yeah, we're, I mean, that's the big thing with me. I mean, so I, I was always told as a kid, you know, the seven P's of anything in life is previous prior plan and prevents piss poor performance. Well, slow those down. <laughs> People not <laughs> North Carolina can understand them. Yeah. Previous prior planning prevents piss poor performance. Previous prior planning prevents piss poor performance. performance. That's right. awesome. That was feeling that. There you go. There's yeah. a little nugget. Okay, we're stealing that one. Hold on. Previous yeah. prior. <laughs> hold on. See if I can remember it. Previous prior planning prevents piss planning prevents piss poor piss poor performance. That's awesome. Yeah. Yeah, that was, oh yeah, my, my stepdad had a bunch of little golden nuggets like that that I listened to all my life. and That's awesome. Yeah, but I mean, what, what that basically means to me is if you don't plan for every little angle, which there, there's no way in life that you can. I've been in we situations yeah. where you're, you're kicking in a door on a house, you can't plan for the guy on the other side to have, you can expect it. Or you're stepping off of a truck on a regular medical call you should honestly expect that that regular medical call could turn into a cardiac arrest. It's not the thing. So I took everything that I learned in EMS about PR outreach and everything like that, because if you want to find the most careful companies, that's why you don't see them all over social media is police departments <laughs> and public safety agencies. They'll have the most followers and never post a single thing in their life. Mm-hmm. And being in Seattle, actually y'all have one of the most progressive EMS services in the country. Like if you want to see some of the coolest stuff and you want to get a bunch of followers on that aspect, go down to your local EMS station, sit there and talk to those guys um, because they're doing some of the craziest stuff in the country. So Seattle is considered to be like the EMS experimentation of the world. Oh, yeah, like what? Um, so the Lucas device was actually one of the cooler things that just came out of Seattle. What's that? So the, the Lucas device is an automated CPR machine. So I don't know if you ever watched like live rescue or, any of those shows that used to come on A&E. It used to be this big, it looks like a giant robot. And it basically slides underneath your back. It comes on your chest and it has a pneumatic arm that does CPR for the provider. Wow. Because what a lot of studies have found is the number one thing when somebody's in cardiac arrest is high quality CPR. Because you have about roughly three and a half minutes to five minutes of oxygenated blood left in your body. When, when you go into cardiac arrest. So the number one thing you want to do is keep that oxygenation circulated to the brain. That way we can obviously keep as many brain cells alive as possible. So that was, that was what we did was they, some guy invented a machine. Um, he works for Stryker now. Stryker's the one that holds, they're, the, they're a big EMS provider, but they actually test drove it in Seattle found out, hey, this increases rates by 10, 20% a year. Let's try it out. All these companies started going out and buying them left and right. And the only people that didn't buy them are my type of people, which are the ones that work in the helicopters. They're way too heavy and they weigh, they're way too bulky to fit in our little helicopters, which everybody says they're not little. I'm like, well, sit inside one for more than about three hours and you're ready to, you're ready to get out. Yeah. But, you know, that for being that area and that demographic that you have around you, it's, it's crazy. You know, the medical community around y'all in the pre-hospital sense are actually, you're in an area where they could potentially be just as intelligent in the hospital. Mm. I believe that there's a service somewhere in Washington state that actually has physicians. Mm. Uh, the one closest to me is Charleston. Charleston's a prime example. We have the Medical University of South Carolina, less than three hours by car away from us. So, Sounds like you have a real passion for that. 
I did. I, I, I did at one point in time. But the number one thing about EMS is it'll wear you down. Yeah, it's emotional. Yeah. It will. Wait, yeah. yeah. Well, Alex, we only have like about five minutes left of talk time. So let's get back to real estate. Tell us about the model you're building for your team. What are you looking for? Are you looking to bring on five agents this year, 10 agents? I mean, boutique brokerage is a while, uh, uh, you know, down the line. But what about your team? What are you thinking? What model are you following? So for the real estate side of things, we're looking at bringing on probably another two or three agents this year, as obviously as long as the market keeps up. Um, And then for the media company, we're looking at hiring about five or six more employees. So we, we, I kind of blend them all together because they sure. work well together. Yeah. And that's the good thing is, is there, I don't have number one, I don't have paper marketing. <laughs> that's, that's the good thing. You know, I reached out to you guys to get onto this and that, that's kind of how we do all our clients is we, we just reach out, but yeah. Yeah. So we're looking at bringing them that and we're looking at, we're going to expand our social media outreach a little bit to start doing some charitable work in the community. Yeah. Um, we're looking at, starting a program where I'm actually going and finding somebody that's really in need of financial help, whether it was from COVID, whether it was from need from anything like that. I'll, as long as they can get a real estate license in North Carolina, I'll pay for their real estate license. I'll pay for all of their brokerage fees, everything. I'll teach them everything they need to know about selling and selling real estate. And I'll bring them onto my team. And for the first year and a half, we'll get them in the business. And we, you know, that's, that's what it's about is I'm, I'm in the business of changing lives. Yeah. You know, I, I started out in the back of an ambulance wanting to change lives and help people. And now I've decided that I just want to bring more value to more people as fast as I can. And the easiest way to do that was start a business and try and bring as many people in as possible. Good for you. And what do you do for that first year and a half when new agents come on? They're usually struggling. They don't have any cash in their pockets. They're not going to have any for a while. You put them on salary for the first 90 days. Or are you just making sure they get a deal in their pocket? How do you make sure? Right. That- I mean, I'll obviously make sure they get a deal in their pocket. You know, the biggest thing for me is you can't run a good team without motivation and education, mm-hmm. period. If you don't add value to your team members every day, what's the point of them staying there? Yeah, for sure. You know, it's If you don't find out, like me, for me, my big motivation is my why. Mm-hmm. I, I came up with my why about probably 15 years ago. I, I wanted why? to be the, yeah. My why is I want to change my financial, my family's financial tree. Mm-hmm. Essentially, mm-hmm. so we. I always, I grew up. I didn't grow up bad at all, but I did for the first two years of my life. I grew up single mother, struggling in a very small town. She met my stepdad, and then we went to about middle class. And then 2008 happened. We got a lower middle class, and then now they're doing perfectly fine, and I'm doing perfectly fine. But we 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 grew up scared. Mm-hmm. We always, you know, my stepdad taught us money is kind of the old school way of everything, you know. Get a good job, yeah. save your money, work till you die. Um, I, I can't do that. <laughs> um, I can't. Now, however, though, if I take my money and make it work for me, and I teach my people to take their money and make it work for them, mm-hmm. now not only am I changing my family's financial tree, I'm changing other people's financial tree. That's right. And I, I do that for my clients too. I have a client that last year at the start of the pandemic, they were like, we want to get out of our apartment, we want to buy a house. Great. We took them to the mortgage broker to get a loan, look at everything. Like every other young person nowadays, oh, you got too much student debt. You got too much this, you got too much that. And they're like, well, I don't understand. I'm like, so I sat down with them for about four and a half hours and explained to them, hey, this is how credit works. This is what you're going to do to build your credit. You know, this is what's going to help you. This is what's not. And I got a text message from them about a month ago. And it was a screenshot of their credit report. They went from like a 400 uh-huh. to a 630 in less than a year. 
It's awesome. Good for them. That's awesome. Yay. Yeah. And they're, you know, we're starting to look at some starter homes around here, which we're having the same crisis that everybody else is. There's just no affordable housing anywhere. Yeah. Yeah. But, yeah. And it's, it's great, but it's, so if you don't add value to people's lives, what, what's the point of being in business? Even if you're a small boutique owner, somebody comes in sad as crap. This is going to sound horrible for those compulsive shoppers. But somebody comes in and they just look completely distraught and you happen to know an outfit that'll fit them. You walk in, you talk to them for a few minutes, you have a good sales pitch essentially, or you have a good, hey, what's going on in your life? You know, let me talk with you a little bit. And you sell them this outfit and for 20, 30 seconds out of this outfit, they completely forget what why their day is horrible, why what's going wrong in their life is going lot wrong. I mean, don't get me wrong. If you're 100% flat broke, don't walk into a boutique and try and buy something. <laughs> But, you know, you can add value in people's lives everywhere. Yeah. Yeah, we agree. We agree. Aaron and I both uh, volunteer quite a bit of our time to an organization that exists to empower people. So we love it. Okay. Yeah, okay. We're, wanting to, we're wanting to start a slight, like, entrepreneurship charity. That, because the entrepreneurship road and the road, even, even just in real estate, isn't taught. Right. You, if you, if you want to seek it, you have to seek it You're on your own. Right. It's not proactive at all, huh? Right. And to me, that's a little unfair. I mean, I've got my own personal opinions about the education system in America. Right. But so in North Carolina, you have two tracks when you go into public school. You have the career tech education track and then you have college. And that's you, you have to pick one of those. And I'm like, well, why, why not add a third and explain like entrepreneurship? Explain like we have it took four years of me trying, but I actually got the EMT program accepted into a high school in Concord, which is right outside of Charlotte. Mm-hmm. So now when kids go to school, they can go and they can sign up for this class. It teaches them valuable skills in obviously life saving, but which you can also learn in EMS is communication. If you can work in EMS, you can talk to anybody about anything because at three right. o'clock in the morning, when you got a guy that's laying on the street, that has been shot in the stomach. Right. I'm probably going to just walk up to you and ask you how your day is going. As bad as that sounds, you know, I'll, I'll come and talk with you about stuff like that. It's awesome. Alan. And it teaches, but it teaches you communication. Yeah. It's something that's not taught. So we, we decided, all right, why not do it? And now when they graduate high school, if they complete the entire program, it's a four semester program, they can graduate high school and take their state test in North Carolina and actually walk out of high school with a job in EMS. Hmm. If as long as they pass all their stuff, well, they'll, they'll hire them or hire them directly. Right now. It was a recruitment thing, essentially. Like awesome, but cool. Alex, yeah. you know it's great to see the difference you're out to make with people and the way you're implementing that. It's brilliant. All right, good. Well, Alex, we really appreciate your time and really just thank you so much for for the insight and for the idea and for certainly for the seven P's. Oh yeah, man. Yes, exactly. I'm telling you, I'm telling you the, the, oh, set, the seven P's will that changes people's lives when it's said about eighteen times a day to you. Great. I'll <laughs> bet. All right, good. Well. Um, we really appreciate it. Thank you so much. You know, people can find you on social media. Yes. Yeah. So it's the Legacy Group at C21 Sawyer is our Instagram and our Facebook. And then the Legacy Collective is our TikTok, actually. Awesome. Took, somebody took the Legacy Group. I couldn't believe it. Dang oh. it. I know. So, All right, my yeah. friend. Well, you have an awesome weekend and thanks for being with us. Absolutely, guys. Y'all have a good weekend as well. Thanks. All right. All right. Bye now. Bye, Bye guys. Thank you for tuning in to another episode of the Abundant Life Podcast, brought to you by Christine and & Company and EXP Realty, the global online brokerage powered by top agents and cutting-edge technology. 
If you liked what you heard, consider subscribing wherever you listen to podcasts. Your hosts have been award-winning brokers, Christine Andreessen and Aaron Hendon. For more on them, visit christineandcompany.com.